thing. And I went, wait a minute. This doesn't have to happen. I said, if we can pass a bill where every woman is entitled at the age of 21 to get a genetic screening, then she will know. Now, you don't have to if you don't want to. If you're scared, I get it. I was scared too. But I'd rather have the news that you have the BRCA gene than have the news that you have stage four cancer and it's too far gone. Hello, audience. This is Diane Gilman, formerly known as the Queen of Genes, but now the host, the proud host of her own podcast, Too Young to Be Old. And the month of October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we are doing double podcasts. And so every Thursday, and I'm going to introduce Trish Doolin in a moment, we are doing an awareness podcast. So do you all remember... Angelina Jolie, it was May of 2013. She set the world of breast cancer on fire with her announcement that she had the BRCA gene. And I remember exactly where I was at that time. I was actually in Beverly Hills. And I'm saying to myself, what the hell is the BRCA gene? What does that mean? And why is this star getting a double mastectomy, a full hysterectomy before she's even 40. Well, I'll tell you why, but Trish is really going to tell you. It's because we saw that as an unmistakable death sentence that doesn't need to be. And with that, I want to introduce a survivor who wants everyone to have the advantage of knowing whether they have that genetic makeup or not. Trish Doolin, welcome to To Young To Be Old. And wow, what a survivor you are. Oh my God. So I'm going to ask the obvious question. When did you find out? How did you find out? And how old were you when you found out? Okay, and thank you, Diane. I'm so happy and proud to be on the show. And My I'm pleasure. so glad you opened with Angelina Jolie because, you know, I was blown away why people didn't understand. And I'm going to tell you, especially after I went through what I went through, you go, Angelina, you did the right thing, and amen, God bless. Um, it was, believe it or not, in the, right when COVID started Ugh. in 2020, I'm a very active person my whole life, physical. I'm like climbing the mountains every day. I'm going to just in COVID. You know, and I'm just like exercising, working out. I always eat organic, no sugar, no gluten, no dairy. Well, guess what? <laughs> that didn't matter um, because I have this BRCA2 gene that I didn't know about. And I felt How old were you, Trish? How uh, old 50, you? 56. When you found out, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, never knew. No one in my family, you know, my mom, my sister. I had no, uh, when I looked deeper, we looked into some other relatives and we realized uh, an aunt on my grandmother's side. But I, we didn't really know that. Uh, back then they didn't test. So 
I was I was hiking with my friend and I said, you know, I keep getting this pain like it was down here underneath and it it actually almost felt like where my rib was. So yeah. she said to me, guess what? You're the healthiest person I know. It's probably a cyst. But I wasn't convinced of that because I had a different kind of pain. So ladies when or men, <laughs> when people say, oh, it's not cancer, it doesn't hurt, BS, it does. And I have another friend who would hurt too. And sometimes you can't feel it, but when you feel something, you should go get a check. And then... Um, it kept it, it kept persisting. So I called my gyno, and you're you're gonna love this. I said, "Hey, I I found a lump. I need to get in right away." Oh well, we can't. It's COVID. I gotta <gasps> give you a three three month appointment. I said, <gasps> "I'm telling you, I found something." They said a lot of women are saying that we're we're not even allowed to see a certain amount of patients, and and everything was just fresh in COVID. They, I said, can you tell me if a cancellation comes up? They said, yes, but never did. Oh, my God. I know. Three months. I get there on June 17th. My doctor literally goes, you know, I don't think it's anything. And I said, oh, I, I do. And he said, well, you know, like, I think to appease me, they did a, a mammogram. He said, well, let's get you a mammogram. You know what? They wouldn't see me for a mammogram for a month. The radiology places were shut down. Uh, this I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, my God. After a month, they say, you know what? We do see something. And, you know, we now we have to do a diagnostic and an ultrasound. We'll see you next month. I said, I can't take this. See me next month. I'm living here telling you, you know, I have this pain and you, you see something. No, I couldn't get in. So a month later, I get the next mammogram. They call me. We, we found a mass. I said, hello. Yes, I know. Woo. So I said, I'm not waiting. I need a I need an ultrasound and I need a, a biopsy right now. So I was I was just like out of my mind because I couldn't take the pressure of waiting anymore. I'm the type like I'd rather know and then I'll deal with it. But then yeah, not see, knowing. I was the exact opposite. I was. I'd rather not know as long <laughs> as I can put it off until literally the tumor on my left breast was visible and trying to come through the skin. Yeah, I yeah. was in denial for two years. They had told me, ah, oh, there's a shadow, but you know, at your age, it could be calcium. And I thought, okay. That's good. <laughs> it's calcium. And I'm way too busy. I'm at the pinnacle of my career. I can't take time for this BS. And, and I wound up with stage three. So how, for me, when they started to, to try and find out what kind of cancer it was, we should tell the audience there's some astronomical like 238 different kinds of breast cancer, they kept coming up with this word, HER2, triple negative. And I thought, oh, triple negative. So does that mean that your breast cancer is negative and there is no breast cancer? That sounds good to me. But uh, that was not correct. But tell us, how did you, they never mentioned the BRCA gene. And they actually told me, you and the rest of the world should know, if you have breast cancer, but no one else in your family does, breast cancer is not dependent on anyone else in your family or your genetic structure. 
having breast cancer. So you could be the first one and the only one. How right. did you even ask for the BRCA gene test? So here's what happened. Um, that, that next time I went in for the biopsy, this doctor, everybody's masked. They wouldn't let me have any friend in with me to hold my hand. I couldn't bring, I had 11 surgeries. No one could come with me. Chemo, no one could come with me. It was like, what? so oh. I had to like really pump myself up, you know? And um, the doctor looks at my face in the biopsy and he goes, listen to me, this is not a cyst. And I said, are you telling me I have cancer right now? He goes, I'm not allowed to, but this is not a cyst. I've seen thousands of these. And I said, I'm so confused and I'm sweating and I'm shaking and I'm texting my friend in the parking lot. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Can you come in? She was trying to break in. They wouldn't let her in. I just wanted someone to hold my hand, you know? And they said, we're, we're going to, we'll take care of you. And the nurse was trying to be, you know, and he goes, I got to tell you, you're a lucky girl. You know why? I said, yeah, please tell me why. And he says, you didn't miss your mammogram. And he said, and whoever took this shot, this is a shot that a lot of women don't get. And that's what I want to make a point of because it's right underneath. And he said, this technician was amazing. God bless her for finding this. So he, with that, he said, uh, this biopsy is going to hurt like hell because he had to go all the way through here to get here. And I was like, Great. I mean, at this point, I don't think I went numb. I probably couldn't even feel it. So, yes, it came back and it was malignant. And they said, you know, you got to get to a, a surgeon, a doctor, a breast doctor. I started looking people up. I went to go see Dr. Holmes in, in uh, St. John's. OK, so Dr. Holmes walks in and like you, he says, uh, listen, um, you have uh, triple negative cancer. And I said, oh, great. Does that mean it's like. Yeah, no, no, and his face really good. Diane, you should have seen his face. He went like this. He's a, he's like a beautiful soul, a beautiful energy, and I know he had a hard he has a hard time telling women this news. But he went like this, and I said, "Yeah, what do you mean?" He said, "This is like the worst one you could have, and it's very aggressive. And let me tell you." Oh, by the way, they let me bring my friend that day. So he said, let me tell you what happens. And he shows me a picture of these breasts. And then he starts saying, we have to test you right away for the BRCA gene. Because if you have the BRCA gene, you know, and he went on and on. I think my ear, like I went like this and I kind of fell off the chair and on the floor. And my friend was like, we got this. Don't worry. We got this. You know, he was a real champion. So I, I was like out of my body. I was out of my body at that point. And, and um, that's when I found out I had triple negative, which I never heard of. Then I started to really delve in and do the research. And they say that the only link that what they could tell about Bro the, the uh, triple negative is that it usually comes from the BRCA gene. That's the only thing they know about this triple negative. But it is horrible. And when you have triple negative, they, they do this chemo on you that's called the red devil. Oh, and I had that. And I didn't have, have triple negative. But when I got, I, I went to a center for a sonogram Christmas Eve, the equivalent of the day of, you know, COVID closed down. And then I also had issues with that. But when I went 
the the woman that did the sonogram didn't come back for like an hour and I thought, well, there must be nothing wrong with me and they just don't have anything to tell me. And then she came in and said, I'll bet you wonder why it took me so long. And I was like, well, yeah, especially Christmas Eve. She said, because you have cancer everywhere and it's hopeless. Hmm. Thank you for that. And then I went home and locked myself in my house for five days. And just thought, okay, I'm going to get totally pragmatic. I've got to get everything into order. I'm not going to live. And, and the whole thing evolved in such a crazy way. But you never seem to get the news right. They told me when I started treatment, Trish, that I would be the last generation of women that got chemotherapy alone. I got two kinds. I got the red devil. And I got, which actually, I really tolerated. I, I was so lucky. And then I got another kind where you literally had to come in every day for three months and oh, wow. get infused. And, yeah. um, you know, I took it all as an out-of-body experience. As I said to you when we were prepping for the show today, the podcast, um, I think for about two years, I was out of my body. I never yeah. felt any pain. I felt no pain when I got a double mastectomy. I felt no pain when I got breast replacement. I, my, my mind, I always likened it to being an eagle soaring way above myself, looking down on mm -hmm. everything and with the bird's eye view. And, um, when, when finally all the major threat appeared to be gone, I came back into my body. Yeah. Again. Yeah. With and and you said that you found that that chemotherapy was a huge awakening in your life. What does that mean? Well, you know, what what I had to come to terms with was like, okay, because I'm not usually someone who would want to go do chemo. I'm like all natural girl, you know. Yeah, and me like, too. You start to research triple negative and you're like, oh, these, my numbers, these chances aren't great at all, you know? So yeah. I said, Trish, you got to do this. You got to put on your Wonder Woman outfit. You know, I even watched Wonder Woman. And, uh, you know, there's something they say about that stance that Wonder Woman does that actually, like, changes your body and your confidence. And I remember going in to my doctors and uh, the day of my double mastectomy, I had my two doctors working on me and I went in and all the nurses and everybody, I was making everybody laugh. And I was, I was singing and I said, Hey, I watched Wonder Woman last night. I said, you guys are my medical superheroes. Let's do this. You know? And they were just like, we're so happy to have people like you. Cause usually they're so depressed. You know, I had my chemo board ready to go. All the treatments, I dedicated each chemo to a person in my life. Uh, sometimes they were on friends' birthdays, and I, I would put on my music and my headset. I would be dancing in my chair, and I would just be talking to the chemo. I wrote it a letter thanking it for existing. I said, thank you. Thank you, Red Devil, that you exist. Because I looked it up on Google, and it said, this is the strongest chemotherapy ever yes. created. Literally and said it first. And they gave it to me for the longest amount of time a body could tolerate it. I now have no veins at all because I refuse to get a port. Uh, it just freaked me out too much. Oh, yeah. But, you know, 
I will tell you, Trish, we did a couple of podcasts about cancer. And I had very much the attitude you did, which was, I'm, I'm going to compartmentalize it. It is part right. of my life. It is not my entire life. Not now. Not ever. And people came back and said, you have a lot of nerve glamorizing cancer. It's so horrible. It's so deadly. How dare you? Well, let me tell you what, people. Trish and I lived it. And there is, and you have a choice at any moment in your life how you are going to get through a crisis. You're either going to do it with light or you're going to allow the darkness to permeate and take over. Don't hate us because we are light bearers. In fact, we can then turn around and shine that light to a vast audience and oh, say, yeah. there's another way to do this, a better way, and a way that's going to leave you more intact afterwards. Oh, my God. You know, I think it made me a better person for sure. Yeah. Not that I, 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 I feel like I was always a good person, but this, I had to up my game to, game to like, goddess warrior you know and i would get up my best friend canceled all her plans and she moved in with me and we would Aww. get up and we would do laughing exercises put a timer on we would laugh a certain amount of minutes a day i did my wim hof breathing i had like all these supplements on the counter and every day no matter what i would get them down and i just said hey you know i'm gonna make this like you know a because i'm into like you know challenges all the time like yeah uh, like there's a, a, a eating challenge or doing a fast for 30 days so i said trish look at this like one of your cleanses you know and i just i had to have fun with it watch movies that made me laugh get treats on the day of chemo go get ice cream people were sending me stuff and you know you can't look at yourself as a victim it's horrible that you're going through this but you can't and that's why, Diane, in the middle of this, when I'm like dripping sweat, my face is so red from the red devil. I just had a treatment and I'm on the floor and I'm meditating and I went, wait a minute, this doesn't have to happen. I said, if we can pass a bill where every woman is entitled at the age of 21 to get a genetic screening, then she will know. Now, you don't have to if you don't want to. If you're scared, I get it. I was scared too. But I'd rather have the news that you have the BRCA gene than have the news that you have stage four cancer and it's too far gone. Yeah. Which you choose? You know, the truth about that is, and, and I found once again this wave of negativity, when Angelina Jolie announced it, and I thought it was very brave of her as a glamour girl to say, not yes. only am I going to have my breasts locked off, but I'm going to get a full hysterectomy way before menopause and deal with that the rest of my life. She got so much hate press, like, how dare she? And now all these women are so worried and, and going out and getting useless tests. Well, I'll bet you most of those articles were written by men who never think to themselves that that's going to be a reality in their lives. And, you know, honestly, chemo was a spiritual awakening for me, too. I came out a much more compassionate, empathetic person who wanted to spread a lot of joy, especially through the female world. And BRCA is such a silent killer. 
I know. I know you've been working politically to make it something that women can get automatically if they want to or through Medicare. Because quite frankly, you found out because BRCA was such a mystery and so well hidden, you found out pretty late in life. Now, did your entire family have to get tested for BRCA and did anybody else have it? Yes, yes. And what happened was um, they told me to have tell my family so immediately my sister couldn't get to the doctor quick enough. She's like us, like she, she was just like, and guess what? She had it and she went ahead and got the double mastectomy and the, the uterus, everything, you know, ovaries, everything removed. She was in a foot race against cancer because she just saw her sister go through this. She was just like, just like Angelina Jolie. She goes, I am not even waiting, you know? And yeah. right away, and then my, uh, my brother had it. We found out it came from my mother's side. My, my mother has it too, but she's too late. Uh, you know, she's too old to do all that. She's 85. And, um, but I got to tell you, you know, the, the thing that, the reason I say, you know, 21, because you still might need time, but at least you could start making plans if you did want to do the surgeries. But even if you don't want to do the surgeries, Diane, there's so much information on how to help you uh, mitigate your chances, like with the Anka test and then with a certain diet. So we want to just educate women so they understand they have this gene and then they could decide to do whatever they want. But I am with Angelina Jolie. And, and that poor woman, she watched her mother die, as you said, other members of her family. Why would she sit and wait for cancer to kill her? She did then, the right thing. Yeah, and then why, why that? I mean, we seem to me to be in a society where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So if you announce it, you're criticized. If yeah. you don't announce it, well, what happened to her? I know that I had a very strange experience. I had a fallen cervix about two years before I was diagnosed with breast cancer and the symptoms became just unlivable. And I finally had to go <laughs> get a sonogram. Um, and it was very simple surgery, but I went back to work too soon. It fell again, my cervix fell again. And the second time around, and it was, you know, minor surgery. You came in in the morning, you left by 1 p.m. in the afternoon. But my doctor was so unbelievable. He said, you know, you're an old girl. He said, your female parts are just cancer magnets at wow. this point. Why don't we just give you a full hysterectomy while we're doing this? cervical thing and me I just said yeah that sounds right I That's mean right. I, I'm already 67 I'm certainly not going to have children and he said exactly why are you and you know what that guy saved my life because he stage of cancer I yep. had yep it spread to my other breast a totally yep. different kind of cancer but now I have breast cancer in both breasts and by some miracle, I no longer had female parts that had been a full hysterectomy. Otherwise, I think it would have been absolutely, absolutely. hopeless. But, and you that's know, why, 
Yeah, that's why anyone who's listening, it's so important to know, like, especially with BRCA1, BRCA2, it, it's not just your breast, ladies. It's the, it's connected. The ovaries. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, and then when you get it down there, it spreads like wildfire and, yes. and you're in trouble. You're in and, real trouble. I do want to say that women said to me, oh, my God. God, you let him take away your female parts? Well, excuse me, but after menopause, they really are just a useless appendage. Absolutely. And they really are what he what he termed cancer magnet, and you don't need them. And I'm going to say this, ladies. It was nothing. Everyone yeah. was like, oh, my God, so much pain. And that's yeah. your whole feminine nature. I didn't think that about my breasts. I didn't think that about my ovaries or my uterus. I honestly thought, okay, that's one more wall being put up between me and any kind of female cancer. And the other unfortunate thing is I took hormone therapy because I was on TV. I didn't want wrinkles. I wanted lush hair. I wanted good skin. I took every kind of hormone for females to stay young I shouldn't have taken and flooded my system with hormones. So I really ensured I was going to get some kind of female cancer. I mean, I was self-induced cancer for sure. I don't blame myself. I don't kick myself in the butt over it, but it's a real part of it. But the weird thing is, Trish, during my initial diagnosis and then at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York, Dubin Breast Cancer Center, which is so excellent, they come in and talk to you about kind of what the chemo is going to be like, what your diet is going to have to change to. And they kept mentioning her too. And, oh, we did the test for her too. And I said, well, every week I would come in and say, well, did you get the results? <laughs> oh, blah, 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 land shark. Blah, blah, blah. I never got an answer. So I guess wow. the answer was kind of no. But to tell you the truth, I don't know for sure. But yeah. they never said no. And they never said yes. They just said, well, it's kind of hard to say. That left me very uneasy. Yeah. That's for sure. So I feel like the BRCA gene is a 600-pound gorilla in the room that nobody wants to recognize. Why, thank you, thank you. You know, my sister and I, God bless my sister, she helped me, held my hand through this whole thing every day. She lives in New York, but calling me five times a day, she's like, Trish, why wouldn't women want to know? And she said, you know, they, they have to know. And I would sit with a bunch of women and go, hey, you guys, did you ever hear of the BRCA gene? No. And like, why isn't our country educating people about this gene? You know, it's it's so important to know because there's so many different things that can save a woman's life. And if, if I knew, by the way, when I was 21, this would have never happened to me. Of I can course. tell you. Because after going through what I went through, and I, and I will tell anyone out there who's afraid to get it or if it runs in your family, don't be afraid because knowledge is power. And oh, the totally. more you know, the more you can hit it head on and either never get it 
or just make your chances like that. You're so on top of it. They catch it at the slightest beginning, but you, you gotta, you know, be curious if you have it, you just, I just urge everybody to get tested really. And tell me something, and, and this is a personal question, but I went through basically two surgeries. I had the double mastectomy. I had all my lymph nodes taken out on the left side, most of them on the right side, um, which actually made me totally numb to getting burnt to death by, you know, evil x-ray machines so they would always say oh your skin is so burnt does it hurt and the answer was i have no nerve endings left i doesn't i mean i'm looking at it but it's totally abstract and then i had one more surgery to give me new breasts right okay that was two surgeries for me you have had eight surgeries how many well, it's 11 actually because oh. you know, yeah but um <laughs> who's counting um but I was, having fun yeah yeah well i tell you i had a whole like system for every surgery i did my whole dance here in the morning with like a song um and i did this whole thing before every surgery i put my right hand up and i talked to god and i said hold my hand. And I mean, the, the, the anesthesiologist would see me right before they came. I was like, okay, God, we're going in again. And I had complete trust and faith in all of my doctors. I love St. John so much. I can't say enough about them. And I was treated like in a way where everybody, I just felt like so taken care of. And, but yeah. I mean, I went through the first, I had to remove the first lump and I, the BRCA test didn't come. The results didn't come till after that was removed. Then I did the double mastectomy. They, they had to do a, a lymph node test. Uh, that was another surgery. I did the reconstruction. The day of my double mastectomy was like, I, I think it was a seven hour long surgery. Yeah. Two hours later, I had a hematoma. My doctor had to race back. I had to go back in surgery that night with more anesthesia. So that was, uh, I, I think I'm, if I'm counting, that's the four surgeries. Then I got results back. It spread to my lymph nodes. I had to go in and do this whole uh, lymph node removal on this arm. You know, really can't feel that much here. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm alive. And, um, and then after that, they were like, we got to do the chemo. Um, so I had to have a port surgery. Um, I had a complication. The port went down and created a mass. Um, so I had to have two more surgeries uh, to remove the port, then to remove the mass, two different surgeries. And then I developed this crazy large cyst, probably one of my doctors said from the chemo, like it was 10, uh, 10 millimeters or I don't know, 10 centimeters. I can't remember if it's millimeters, centimeters, but it was two thirds the size of my liver and it was sticking oh out my of my gut. And I was like in pain, so I had to get that removed. So um, yeah, that's how the numbers go. <laughs> well, you know, they, as I always say, it's not a test because when the numbers are high, if you're being tested like in high school or college, it's like, whoa, your test was really good. Your numbers are so high. Here we were living absolutely the opposite which yeah. was your numbers are high, that's not good. But I don't know about you. One thing I think I had to do was I had to say to myself, this is a part of my life. I'm never going to deny it. 
I'm going to use it. I'm going to take the best parts of it, how it changed me, how it sensitized me, and I'm going to move forward with it. But I am not going to live under an umbrella of, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I could get it back. You know, we're all walking around with a huge potential for cancer in this country. One in every two men will have cancer within their lifetime. One of every three women. And it has to tell you, we're, we're not breathing good air. We're not eating good food. We're not drinking good water. So... If you do get the diagnosis, know that breast cancer today is not a killer. It's a signpost in your life that you've got to take care of something. You've got to live right afterwards. You know, the one thing I loved about Mount Sinai Hospital in New York, they have a huge hall. And I used to go in there to get a certain kind of food every day before chemo. I like some crazy spring roll, some oriental spring roll they had and some sushi. And they have up on their wall, which is four stories high with a gigantic skylight, the Ten Commandments of living a healthy life, whether you have, but mostly for cancer or or any heart disease, anything. And it's sensical. It's not nonsensical. It's don't smoke cigarettes, don't drink hard alcohol, don't eat red meat, try and do a plant-based diet, which I struggle with constantly, but I try a couple of times a week. But the bottom line is, know that there are definite guideposts for you. Yeah. After you're done with this treatment, stop thinking about cancer, start thinking about living your life again, and maybe readjusting your life to something healthier, something more active, something more productive. But certainly the one thing I would add to the whole Ten Commandments list for Mount Sinai is rid yourself of toxicity in life. So I was in a very toxic work situation, which frankly made me a lot of money. And made me a top earner in my industry. And I just thought to myself, is this how I want to shorten my life? And is this how I want to live the rest of my life? And that's when I decided I had to take my skills, step back, disassociate myself, find something new that gives you joy and purpose and suits where you are. So did you find that true as well? Absolutely. You know, you, you reevaluate relationships, what's bringing you stress. Um, you know, like you said, I, I, I was always very active, but I, I realized how important it was during chemo. I would walk every day. And I even told my friend, Diane, it was so funny, who was staying with me. I said, if I'm in that bed too long, I said, I need you to come and shake me and yeah, get me out. Yeah, because I felt like I'll never get out. I'll so she, never but, but, get out. But the funny thing was, to be honest with you, she said, I think you have more energy than I do when you're on keto. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I would, I did. I reevaluated certain things and I don't even um, look at when people are freaking out over the silliest thing. I look at it now and I'm just like, oh my God, I wouldn't even give that a breath. You know, don't, so don't that breath really, the small stuff. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So I really did. It was a wake up call. Like uh, no matter what people Huge. were telling me, I'm like, is this is this worth me getting stressed over? No matter what the situation, you know. You know, truthfully, cancer. I had never been in a hospital before in my life. I had led a, a, a wild life, but then kind of settled down to a little bit of healthier life, but a tremendous workload on my life. But cancer and how it changed me set me up for the rest of my life to yep. be more joyous, to be more grateful, to be more graceful, to be more giving, to be more impactful. And in one closing remark, because we could talk forever, <laughs> what advice would you give women today about the BRCA gene and, um, and how to deal with the fact that it may be you? You just don't know. So my advice would be, and, and this is this is for almost every woman. You know, you got to find your tribe, first of all, and take your best friend and go get tested together because you know what? You're going to have to be there for each other. One of you might have it. One of you might not. And the thing is, I want to say, ladies, do not be afraid because you have no idea. Like when I look at my life, I had no idea this was around the corner, Diane, but when it was there, I had to make it my friend. So yep. this broken gene is a part of me. A lot of people always say to me, my God, Trish, you look so young. Look at your hair, da, da, da. And I go, hey, I got good genes. I always say that. Still, I go, I got good genes, except for that little BRCA gene. So I made a joke of it, you know, because it's like, I know I have the gene, so it makes me aware to even take more, better care of myself. And also, if you if you get the chance, like, don't, don't go through, this is what I said. The reason I want to pass this bill is I don't want any woman to go through what I went through. I, why do you need 11 surgeries and, and, and chemo and then maybe radiation and all these, you know, infusions and everything else? Why? When you could take care of it and stop it in its tracks. Why and wouldn't you? I say, definitely, do as I say, don't do as I did. Because I let the pain go on for almost two years. Then the tumor became very obvious. You know that the tumor e even consumed part of my left breast and my nipple. It just takes, you know, it was really freaky. If you think you've got a problem... The problem is much easier to be solved when it's a small problem, not a gigantic Absolutely. foreign equation. So I want to say you are my breast cancer sister. You are a warrior along with me. You are a survivor. We are a very particular kind of family and i thank you so much for sharing your story we're we're not here to scare anybody we're here to inspire everybody to live a healthier life and you will see trish the second week of october on that thursday and what a story you have to tell my dear and you know what i thank you so much not only for being 
on my podcast, but they are doing a film, a documentary on Trish. So actually this podcast will be part of that documentary, which is really great. Mwah! Signing over. Yeah, thank you so out. much, Glenn. Yeah, it's you're an so inspiration good. to me and to all the people who are going to be listening. And God bless you for doing this. And yeah, we have to share the knowledge and the strength and the power. We have to pay it forward. Fantastic. <laughs> Bye, my friend. Bye, sweetheart. Thank you so much for listening to Too Young to Be Old podcast. The episode may be over, but the fun doesn't have to stop here. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Diane Gilman, or visit our website, thedianegilman.com. If you like the show, leave us a rating or a review, and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, don't forget, age is just a number. Together, we'll prove that we are all too young to be old. <laughs>